My name is Ben Stone, and this is podcast number 167. On today's podcast, uh, what, oh, I'm going to be playing recordings from the 2012 Porkfest. And we're going to start with, uh, with my interview with Eddie Free, and we're going to follow up with uh, just some general discussion around the campfire. I, I hope you enjoyed. I really enjoyed talking to Eddie, and, and really uh, it was wonderful to get to meet him and everything. And we had a lot of fun around the campfire, uh, even when Eddie wasn't there. So I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Well, since we're doing that, uh, I'm Ben Stone. I'm Eddie Free. So talking about uh, pain. <laughs> so this this truck lands on my head. <laughs> what a way to start off a recording, right? <laughs> so a truck lands on my head. <laughs> they may need some kind of backstory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're talking about Eddie Freeze's uh, recent back injury, and so we're showing scars and chasing bullet wounds and uh, and showing off. But anyway, so this truck lands on my head, and well, as I'm seeing the accident happen, I'm sitting in the intersection. And I look over, and I'm like, "That truck's not stopping for the light." And he goes right, probably doing about sixty miles an hour, right into the intersection, hits a. A car T-bones it, oh except his his truck was up on you know big four wheel with the giant right. uh, tires, and he shoots up into the air. It just it just like a ramp for him. It shoots him up into the air, and he comes right down on top of my truck. And I'm watching this whole thing. It's like slow motion, and evidently my mouth was open because the windshield it and smashed the windshield. I got a mouthful of glass. Oh my so God. evidently I'm sitting there. With my mouth hanging open, and thank God you didn't swallow and, <laughs> yeah. and you know shred your insides out. So I remember actually seeing the truck coming at me, and then the next thing I remember was like, um, like the sound of really loud hissing, and uh, and then all of a sudden I realized that I'm sitting in the truck and I'm pinned in, and my radiator is going everywhere, you know, and um, but in my mind. I got out of the truck, went up, climbed up on top, asked the dude if he was okay. And he had, like, his his elbow was uh, cut, like, in here. But that was all that was really wrong with him. And uh, then I came back down, and I thought, oh, I, I shouldn't move around until the ambulance gets here. So I came back down and climbed in and sat back down, you know, snuggled back into the spot. But I couldn't have moved because I couldn't have got out of that spot. And then I know what you're going to tell me. <laughs> and then the ambulance shows up, and they uh, and they dig me out of there. And the whole time, they're like, you know, they're terrified because they think I'm paralyzed or whatever. And and they're telling me, I don't know how you lived through that. I don't know how you lived through that. And they so they put me in the back thing, and they got me all strapped in. They take me to the hospital, and they start going through all the tests. And I'm there, and I'm strapped to this thing, and there's this guy walking by, and I'm like that's a driver of that truck and he's got his arm all bandaged up yeah. I knew it 
And now, I don't know how this happened. You know, I would like to be able to make up a story like that, but I'm just not that smart. <laughs> so, so tell me about yours. <laughs> oh, oh, with me, I, I was so rough on my body in my early twenties. I played in a rock and roll band and toured and did the head banging thing. And, um, I, I, I'd actually fallen off of a bridge at one point in, in my early twenties, uh, two stories I fell. Wow. And broke my shoulder. Um, in fact, on the Jefferson Memorial video, you can hear me. You know, they're pulling on my shoulder there. But yeah. that happened, you know, years ago. But I still feel that. I still feel that. I've lost mobility with my left arm. I can't get my elbow quite up all the way. Mm-hmm. And then um, the latest injury, you know, is is my back. And this is something that's been creeping up since '06, where I was sitting at the computer, then. Sitting at the computer, I finished, and all I did was stand up, and that was it. I felt this sharp pain. I crawled up to my bedroom. I went to sleep. The next morning, I woke up, and I had to go. I had to use the bathroom really bad, but I couldn't walk. I went straight to the floor and crawled, and I had to, my girlfriend had to come and, and, and assist me. Wow. So I... After that, I, I crawled down my stairs, went to my couch, and stayed on my couch for three weeks, crawling from the couch to the bathroom. Man. And uh, I had a neighbor coming in. My girlfriend helped me for a while. Um, and family came in. But thank God for that. You know, that I had, that I had uh, some friends that, yeah. you know, that came and helped me during that time. It's tough. It's really tough. Yeah. You know, emotionally, it's, it really wreaks havoc on you when you... When you when you lose that mobility that you almost take advantage of. Yeah. Man. So I decided, you know what? I'm to hell with it. I'm not in that much pain. I'm coming to Port Fest. I'm going to do it for about three days. And I found out I get to stay in a, in a, in a, with some friends of mine in a trailer. So I have access to a bed. So, you know, I can't pass that up. I, yeah. This is my third time to be here. So now you're normally you're a hunter, you're a hunter too. I am. I grew up hunting. That's my, probably my biggest passion, that and activism. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I started a group. Um, I started my first website. I, you know, I'd never done that before. Um, we're called the Benevolent Order of Agorist Hunters. And, um, and I'm just trying to bring light with the group. I mean, I, I don't recommend anyone to hunt without a license. Mm-hmm. But I just want to bring in the idea that as free men and women we shouldn't have to ask for permission to sustain our bodies right absolutely and uh, i heard you once talking about property rights when it comes to animals uh, and and herds and populations and uh, it's like that 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 is dead on the reason that species you know uh, go extinct or get overhunted is because of lack of property rights. If people own those herds, it's a tragedy of the commons. Yeah, exactly. Again. Yeah, that, it's such so, a simple there's, solution. There's no, there's no shortage of collies. Yeah, yeah, there's we have no plenty of chickens. Shortage of right, we have plenty of chickens. Yeah, <laughs> what did you say? Uh, yeah, chickens. Or, the, yeah. Dalmatians. Well, you know, any animal that that we uh, that we t- take ownership of. Yeah. It, that's it's so. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited as hell about it. I started a couple of months ago, and um, we're planning some shoots. And mm-hmm. uh, in fact, um, I'm also asking uh, for this this next season um, for folks to give away. 
to give away some of their their harvest yeah. uh, to somebody that they feel that's in need, and and maybe talk to them about the ideas of volunteerism and how you know we can co how we we don't need a gun pointed at our neighbor mm-hmm. in order to to feed them if they're needy. Yeah. So uh, you know, so it's it's a you know it's the underlining feel of it is is the idea that we are free men and women and and you know in a voluntary society where there is actual private property. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, private property solves everything. I think it's the answer to, to just about every dispute. Is yeah. it Ben? Yeah, yeah. The 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 old saying of uh, "good fences make good neighbors," and and that's really based on the idea that if you know where the property begins and ends, you know exactly the moment that you're treading on somebody else. It, it takes away all the doubt and all the it's questions. Clearly apparent to yeah. a third party. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know what the symbol on his shirt is? I don't. I'm not familiar with it. It looks it looks semi-familiar, but well, it looks like, like a, a bunch of golf tees. Right? <laughs> this is pretty. This is actually really fascinating. Um, it's it's ancient cuneiform, which is the first written form of expression of language that came from ancient Sumer from the Sumerians. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it actually comes from uh, the Sumerians. They used clay tablets, uh, round clay, um, I guess, right? They yeah, were yeah. cylinders, and yeah. they would roll. They would carve into them and carve backwards to where, when they rolled out onto the clay, then it could be read forward. So they found it was um, almost like a printing type. Yeah, right, right. Like silk screening. And um, well, these tablets were found. I, I can't remember what ancient city that they were found. Um, but it's uh, they, they include a story called the Epic of Gilgamesh, mm-hmm. which um, well, there's a fair amount of people that, that are familiar with it. But it, it's a long story that deals with um, uh, immortality, I, mm-hmm. I think. But um, so there's a line in there that that, that refers that says uh, to return to the mother, and it's talking about slaves that become free. So it actually what it, it says is to return to the mother. Which is the first expression of liberty? Yeah. So it means so freedom. Cool. It means yeah. liberty in the oldest form of uh, written language. Wow. This, the state would literally take, you know, the young young people it needed for slaves, mm-hmm. and when it would, and when they were going to be set free, then it, the idea was to give them back to the mother, was setting the slave back free again. Ah. So it's a it's an expression of, of freedom. The they, oldest. They were a fascinating society too. They, mm-hmm. They've even found evidence of clay organs, which tells us that they had medical schools. Right. Yeah. And this is what three thousand years BC. Yeah. Crazy. Fascinating. <laughs> this is what happens when you come to Pork Fest. And and this is my first year, but I definitely want to come back next year. But you know, we're just setting up a mic to interview a whole different person. Eddie Free comes walking by, and it's like, hey, we're talking. Let's just turn on the mic and see what comes out. Right on, right on, absolutely. I love it. I love it. This is my third time here. Yeah. So, um, and this is where all the diehard activists are. This is the active (laughs) activists, not those that just, you know, stay home and and, uh, troll websites and, you know, Mm -hmm. and criticize and criticize, but actually there's a lot of people here that, you know, engage. So, you know, a lot of times, and and I criticize, there's some activism that I'm not into, absolutely, Mm -hmm. you know, and of course I'll say my piece and and whatnot, but but, uh, I don't know, it's just a beautiful thing, the whole community here. You're you're not a New Hampshire resident, though, are you? I'm not. Are you planning on being? 
Um, I am. I'm going to eventually. In fact, I was going to until I actually experienced this injury. So mm-hmm. right. that's kind of set things off. And yeah. And um, I've got some other issues with my with the, with a family member that needs uh, taken care of too. That's that's um, kind of keeping me from from moving right away. But um, I'm from originally. Uh, originally, I was born in Australia, and but uh, my parents moved stateside when I was very young, and I grew mm. up in Arkansas, and Texas, mm. and that's where the you know the hunting yeah. uh, kind of lifestyle came about, and you know from my father teaching me and just doing that, and then um, I didn't I know, know you're for, I didn't know you're born in Australia. Cool. Oh, are your parents Australian, or are they just no, over there? No, no. My mother's actually from Dundee, Scotland. Really? Yeah. And my dad is an American. He's from Illinois. And <laughs> he happened to be in the oil business, and he was in Singapore, and he met my mom in a nightclub, and <laughs> and uh, you know they took off to Australia, and uh, I, I popped out. Cool. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So man, the world's a weird place. It yeah. is. It is. You know, my, my dad took us, you know, from Sydney, Australia, to a little town. Outside of Hot Springs, Arkansas, a little town called Bonnerdale, probably about 130 people in the whole town. Wow! So I grew up there, and then, uh, and then, I guess I don't know when I was about 10 or 11, I had another culture shock. Really, I, I moved to from you know out nowhere to uh, Houston, Texas. Mm. You know, uh, a population right of three, uh, yeah. 3.5 million. Ooh. It's it's like a cultural mecca. Yeah. I mean. DC is a cultural mecca for sure, but any other city that I've seen outside of DC, Houston, you, just so many lifestyles. Mm-hmm. Which man, it's my H town. You know, I, I still I still love H town, but but a lot's changed. You know, just moving to the East Coast, I started finding out about the ideas of, of voluntarism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was a libertarian. I voted for Harry Brown actually at one point. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I, you know, back in the mid '90s, I was actually in John Birch Society. Oh yeah, which my dad had brought me in. You know, he was always a right winger. Yeah, you know, um, a Republican guy. But he started, you know, getting into John Birch Society, and well, they were strong anti-communists. They were, and and they had some pretty good educational yeah. material. Yeah. You know, I, um, I've kind of moved beyond that at this yeah. point. A lot of distrust for the government, so that's good. Yeah, you know, you know I read a, a, a couple of good books. You know, I didn't know that McCarthy actually had over a hundred and thirty prosecutions in the State Department. Really? As really? Co- of communists. Wow. You you, so that. he was actually successful. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just in the State Department, he found over 130 communists. But we don't hear about that. Yeah, all you hear about is like, oh, they were out for Holly, uh, for to persecute Hollywood or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. the witch hunt, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, I um, so John Burt Society, and it was you know with a lot of, a lot of people, it's it's kind of a progression, you know, and mm-hmm. so uh, I've met people here that have introduced me to well, my favorite now, what I'm really digging is Lysander Spooner. Oh yeah, and of course Rothbard. Rothbard, yeah. I'm scraping the surface. I mean, he's a little <laughs> too deeply intellectual for me, but yeah. you know, I mean, economics is 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 you know, I, I can understand voluntarism, and I can understand that a free market solves. You know, I can I can see that and I can visualize that. Yeah. And you know, the whole Keynesian thing. Yeah, when the government kind of starts tinkering, I, I can I don't even understand what they're doing, but I understand that it's it's wrecking what we have or right. what we had maybe at one point. Yeah. Yeah, I like Rothbard a lot. I when I first found him, well, no, that's not true either. I, f- I first found Rothbard with a book at a garage sale that I picked up because it looked cool. 
and, and I thought it would look good on my shelf, you know, because I buy books at garage right, sales for right. that, you know, 25 cents or whatever. I do that with movies, and they're just yeah. balls. <laughs> and I'm looking at it, it's one of a four-volume set, and I'm like, well, I wish I had the other, you know, the others, that would be cool. And then somehow it wandered away, and... And I always thought, well, he's some kind of historian or something. I don't know, you know. And then it was years later I found out I, I actually got you know more of his stuff and found the Mises Institute, and I was like, "This is good stuff." Oh my gosh! When I found the Mises Institute, I was all over the video, the, the, the yeah. seminars and, and, and the lectures. Yeah. You know, at work I can you know put on the headphones and do my work, but mm-hmm. yeah, and I just I listen to the light. Yeah, I did that for months straight. Yeah. So yeah, I, I became a little obsessive about it for a little while. <laughs> Yeah, I did that in my garden. Put a headphone or put an earphone in and get out there in the garden and work. Mm-hmm. But you know, butt pain, back to injuries. Right, yeah, limits the you garden. You do a lot of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Um. So you also bow. You were a bow hunter. No, I can't do bow hunting. Oh, I was thinking. I mean, oh, because of your shoulder. Could, but yeah, I had that yeah. Like a shoulder injury. I don't you know, know why. I'm, I'm a big bird that. hunter. I, I do mm. a lot of uh, dove, duck, and goose, which requires yeah. me to get a hunting license. Mm. It requires me to get a state uh, migratory waterfowl stamp. Mm-hmm. I buy the stamp; it's permission. I got to get a federal migratory waterfowl stamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and they're fourteen around fourteen bucks each. It changes. Mm. Um, so yeah, clearly, um, I'm, I'm, you know, we're we're still asking for permission just to do yeah. such basic uh, uh, things as uh, sustaining ourselves with uh, with nourishment. Okay. It's, it's funny it's too, because all the way, if you go all the way back to the Magna Carta, uh, hunting was one of the main issues. the The king claimed ownership of any animal that at any time had passed on, onto his land. You're exactly right, Ben. And uh, and now, but that the king owned all the land, so yeah. the king owned all of the wildlife. Yeah. And now we see that today with the federal government. Okay, they're basically now with claiming the federal ownership. government. They do claim ownership, yeah. and it comes from exactly what you said: the Magna Carta and the king's ownership over all the animals. Mm-hmm. So we see that with the government, and now we have to ask for permission, yeah. just as peasants back then had yeah. to ask for permission. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, you know, better not get caught poaching one of the king's uh, fowl. Absolutely, yeah. You know, Ted Nugent, uh, you know, was was slapped on the wrist with that one. I think he was got he? about a fifteen thousand dollar fine. Yeah, now he owns he, uh, he kills. He, he shot at a bear. He shot at a bear and uh, didn't kill it. And not even sure if they wounded it because I don't think they found any blood. Hmm. But it was filmed, and um, so then he went and um, shot another bear. Because he assumed, okay, well, I missed that bear. I get to shoot another one. Hmm. Well, he didn't look at the law close enough. And after he went and uh, threatened Obama in a Secret Service, went and questioned um, Ted. Yeah. This little story came out of nowhere. Somebody dug up, oh, wow, he did this video. And look, here he is in this video in Alaska. And here he's trying to take two two bears. And that's when the federal government came and got him. It was weeks after his little Obama thing where he pissed off Obama. Not at all related to the first one. Oh, of course not. Oh, man. They're so petty. They're so dirty. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm not gonna, I won't, uh, I won't sing the song, but I, but I had the words in my mind to a song of, um, sung to the tune of, uh, um, he's in the jailhouse now about the state is, uh, this, this, uh, the state is dirty and it doesn't play nice. <laughs> but and we saw that. We saw that with Stacy Litz. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. saw that with Stacy Litz. I mean, they, you know, they, they racked up what nine felonies on her and, and they said, look, you're going to do this or, 
You know, and look what happened to her. Yeah, they put her I mean, in a position it, where she ended they, up having to rat out people. And but they told her, you know, we'll keep you safe. But yet they yeah. put her on the warrant as well. Yeah. You know, flushing her down the the toilet as well. They did that to uh, um, one of the anonymous hackers. They they found out who he was and that he had a family, mm-hmm. and they literally yanked him out of his house, away from his family, and threatened his family. Well, they've got him in custody for a week with no charges. They're threatening his, his family and if he doesn't flip. And so he flipped and turned over a bunch of the anonymous people. Wow. And, you know, and... That's not fair. Yeah, that... Man. I had a friend of mine um, back in Houston who happened to be eating at one of his favorite uh, pizza restaurants, Fuzzy's Pizza, and uh, he was sitting there eating. All over the walls, there's pictures of George Bush Sr., mm-hmm. and uh, he just randomly happened to be eating there. Secret Service comes in, looks around. My buddy Greg goes, mm-hmm. he's coming. He runs out to his car, gets his camera, goes back into the restaurant, in comes Bush. And he confronts Bush, calls him a, a murdering son of a bitch or whatever. And uh, he gets chased off. Well, a couple days later, two Secret Service show up. He says, I'm not going to talk to you unless I can do it on video. Yeah. And they're like, no, we're not going to do it on video. They left. Two days later, uh, as he was walking up to his apartment, they got him. Wow. They uh, did the same. They, they called his, his family. Mm-hmm. They called his, his family. They called his closest friends. And he was a pretty conspiratorial kind of guy, mm-hmm. like what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Brilliant podcast, by the way, <laughs> uh, on the conspiracy. I loved it. Thank you. Um, uh, so, yeah, they so they went to his friends and, 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 you know, and scared them. And so, you know, just really screwed with this guy, which... I mean, they, they like we were saying, they play dirty. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And they're petty as well. Yeah. yeah so, they don't follow their own rules. And he they're ducked like out. Greg, I mean, they intim- mm-hmm. they intimidated him to a point to where, you know, he, he, he ducked out of activism altogether. Man. So it works on some people. Yeah. I had, um, after the dance party, I had Fairfax County. Uh, Fairfax County follow me. Wow. The next morning, and it was so clear, I got up to go get some cigarettes and, and some coffee. And uh, after the dance party, what, what was interesting, was after, we went back to the Jefferson that night, just a few of us, mm-hmm. after the big dance. Yeah. And uh, we did a couple, you know, just interviews. And uh, I got followed out of the parking lot by a lieutenant in a big Suburban with three other Suburban park police cars behind him. They turn <laughs> on their lights, pull me over, get out of the car. Jason Talley's with me with Talley TV and FR33 agents. Yeah. He's live streaming, and first thing he says is, Officer, you're being live streamed at this moment. You know? <laughs> he's so cool about how he is, Jason. I just, I, I love that guy. And he's just so cool with his activism and just calm, and I love it under stressful situations. Yeah. So uh, they get me out of the car, and um, so my license um, plate light was out. And it actually was a fuse. They didn't knock it out, but it, it was a fuse that did go out, you know. And yeah, so they, they pulled me over, got my ID, got my address. Um, the next morning, I went and, you know, got coffee and cigarettes. I started coming home and uh, right up on me, Fairfax County Cop. And so I'm like, oh, and, you know, the, if anybody wants to know what slavery feels like, that's what it feels like. Yeah. It's the hairs growing Constantly up, gr- rising on the back of your neck when a cop pulls behind you. Yeah. That is slavery. That is the master with the whip. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I take a couple of turns, and, and, and he still straight up follows me. I pull into my, into my apartment complex in a driveway that 
there's no reason to pull in there. And mm-hmm. they pulled in it and they followed me and I freaking I pulled out my, my phone, snapped a picture, like stepped right up to him, about ten yards away from him, snapped, mm-hmm. took a picture of him, went straight and posted it on Facebook, you know, and I said, you know, Park Police sent Fairfax County cops to follow me for dancing. So that got a thousand the thread on that, you know, wow. all these people coming and so it blew up. And you know, and that's it. And that's what we do as activists. We need to do that to keep ourselves safe. Is yeah. is to just put ourselves that much more out there. The safer we are from some of these thugs, you know. And not that it's some conspiratorial mm-hmm. uh, thing where you know it's like Jason Bourne against you know the government agents coming after you or anything. But you know, some of these guys hear these stories and they take it upon themselves yeah. to act like thugs and get yeah. off on it and go tell their buddies. Yeah, you know that guy that you know did the uh, chalking incident in Manchester. Yeah, I really roughed him up. You know, yeah. so they get off on that. And like you said, Ben, they're they're extremely petty. Yeah, they are. Um, wonderful thing here at Pork Fest, uh, the world famous Boston Tea Party just walked up, so we're going to be oh, interviewing excellent. him. Uh, finally meet him. Eddie, I really appreciate you uh, doing the interview. You with betcha, me. Ben. And I enjoyed it. Stop back by anytime. We'll do. You know, if you want to do twenty of these, we'll do twenty of these. Right on, brother. <laughs> right on. Thank <laughs> you for the invite. Thanks a lot. And I mean it. Thank you. Really, absolutely. Thanks, man. Folks, have you seen the silver and gold trading cards from Shire Silver? You have to check these out. They're specific weights of real silver or gold laminated inside trading cards, and they're a great way to show the world a better way to save, spend, and share precious metals. And now you can buy them using bitcoins or Federal Reserve notes. Folks, you really need to check this out. Go over to Shire Silver, watch the video on the main page, check out the list of merchants that accept silver and gold trading cards, and you can even learn how you can get paid to help spread the word about Shire Silver trading cards. You know, I don't know. You should have told me. You should have just gone with it. You should have been seeking Yeah, you should have just been this. recording it uh, right from the beginning. and then. That was a complicated tent to put up. Really? My oh, you were helping me? Yeah. We got oh. it done. Really? Seriously complicated. It's some off-name tent that oh, they... Okay. Like, didn't have all the pieces. The, in- the instructions were clearly for a different tent. Let's do a real quick introduction. I'm Ben Stone from BadQuaker.com. You can be anything you want to be. Your name was Elizabeth Taylor? Yes, I am Elizabeth Taylor today. No, that's now. Kai. She's back with us on the podcast again. And I'm Matt. Uh, I'm Brandon. Hannah. This is Harrison. I'm getting tripped on. Uh, we have condensate coming off of the... Uh, roof of the motorhome here. We're at Pork Fest 2012. I just dropped my water bottle. We're at Pork Fest 2012. That's the... I'm supposed to pronounce it correctly. Porcupine um, Freedom the Festival. The New Hampshire Porcupine Freedom Festival of 2012. With the Free State Project. Yeah. And <laughs> um, this is just going to be one of many... I'll probably do this one first in the series because this is you know the first one I'm doing. Uh... So I'll get all the technical stuff out now, and then uh, for any other uh, any other interviews I do, you can refer back to this one because I'm too lazy to do it all over again and again and again. This is a, this is uh, Thursday. Is today Thursday? Yeah, yeah today is Thursday. Yeah. Well, we're halfway through with Pork Fest. Yeah, and uh, if you're listening to this, it means you were either at Pork Fest and you're remembering good times, or you missed it and you're a loser. <laughs> <laughs> It goes for you, Michael Dean. Yeah, Michael Dean totally lost out. 
<laughs> and Nima Nima is in the process. Nima Michael Michael W Dean and Nima Vadati do a podcast called Freedom Fiends, and they're friends of ours, and we appreciate them, and they do a really good job. Go listen to them right now. Uh, no, no. After you hear this interview, then go and listen to them. <laughs> but anyway, they didn't make it. Nima is moving. Um, this weekend to Austin, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and, Austin, and yeah. Michael is holed up in his uh, windowless bunker somewhere in the mountains of Montana. Cool. No, Wyoming. 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 I don't know. I get those states confused in there. All They're all time. big and square and yeah, full of nothing. <laughs> well, <laughs> like Utah, not nothing. There's stuff there. <laughs> There's stuff everywhere. <laughs> Uh, among the Bad Quaker crew that's here, we also have our two guests from Canada. Yes. Uh, so you'll notice their strange accent. <laughs> I come from communist Canada, eh? <laughs> we come long way to your country. <laughs> they're, they're Northlanders. Yeah. They come from the Northlands. They, they came down here because evidently it's all frozen up there. Mm-hmm. It stays frozen yeah. all year. Yeah. All year, man. <laughs> they're ice so giants. <laughs> all they do is play hockey and drink beer 24-7 all the time. And and and, 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 ride, and I was going to say and ride moose everywhere. Ride moose, wrestle, wrestle yeah, you know, all these pet beavers, all these yeah, mountains around. Cute. I'm disappointed I didn't bring my skis. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen the video with the beaver standing up in the middle of the road? It's no. on YouTube. No. It's um, it's really hilarious. There's this beaver, and he's obviously trying to cross this four lane highway, and it's near the Canada border, and so somebody gets out with a video camera. And then they've dubbed in a voice for the beaver. For the beaver. Yeah. And so the beaver is trying to get across the road, and every time a car goes by, he stops and stands up and puts his hands up and, and kind of does his teeth, you know, like, hey, ah, like that, as the car goes by. But in the video, when they dub in the voice of the beaver, the beaver's like saying, hi, welcome to Canada. Hi, hi, welcome to Canada. <laughs> and it makes it appear as though the beaver is like a welcoming committee yeah, out yeah. there. And, and the guy's like, get out of the road. Get out of the road, beaver. I thought the beaver was just afraid of being caught by immigration. Don't search me. Yeah, we're going to get the uh, background noise of cars driving by. It smells. Yeah. It smells of diesel. Yeah, yeah it smells of diesel fuel, yeah. doesn't smell any sort of other oils that you can burn in that engine. Now there's a big pool here, and a water slide. Mm-hmm. I haven't been over there. What's What all is over there? There's three pools. Yeah, I've heard that there's a water slide really? that's yeah. operational. But is that open at night? Dinero. I think so, I don't know. What, I don't what see any closing. The uh, hot tub. If they got lights over top, then yeah, and right. plus it's a hot tub. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So you probably you expect like people to go late anyways. Hop yeah. in there, yeah. It's too hot during the day. So yeah. you only went to the pool. You didn't go to the. Slide. I only went to the large pool because it was the coldest. Did you check out the slide too? No, I wanted to. There's also mini golf and yeah, we didn't see anybody mini golfing court. either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basketball court. And there's and a bunch of hiking around here too. And, and ticks. Yeah. And ticks. And ticks. Yeah. Of course. Well, guys, I'm Appalachian. not worried about the ticks now. You guys talked about it yesterday, <laughs> and I'm like checking myself for ticks. But <laughs> 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 like, ticks on me. Do they have ticks in Canada? Oh, yeah. They do, yeah. I thought maybe they stopped 
Well, well there's uh, <laughs> the immigration <laughs> wouldn't let <laughs> <laughs> There's the bigger black ones here. Yeah, there's like a lot more deer ticks near where we are. Uh, See, the deer ticks are the ones that, yeah. But we live in a pretty urban area, so it's not really something we have to worry too much about. It's really nice being being down here. That's for sure. Mm. I've been, like I've been saying to everybody, it's been great to you know be able to walk into a, a store and just grab a you know a pack of beer. Yeah, right? you can't mm. do that in Canada. Well, besides Quebec, you can in Montreal, but other than that, you can't just walk into a store and buy. No, you got to go no, to no, a no. CBO or a beer store. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Two government-owned like. That's how it is in Pennsylvania. Even for beer, yeah, yeah. some for states beer, yeah. In, same thing. In Pennsylvania, wow. you have to go to. The uh, beer and wine sh- store to get beer or wine, but you can't get liquor there. You only get beer or wine. You have a separate government controlled store for for liquor. Yeah, and, and then you have to go to the And at the liquor store, at the liquor store, you cannot buy beer or wine. And most microbreweries have to sell to the basically to the government first before they can sell them in the oh yeah, liquor fine, yeah. store. Even for credit, brewery beers at the LCBO. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, well into the second half of, well, no, that's, I said that backwards. Well over half a century of being exposed to this nonsense, and I'm still amazed at how stupid the state is, yeah. and how, how ridiculous the government can be in regulations and things like that. Yeah, oh yeah. And, and not just one, it's like, the, we, we think here in the, in the U.S., we think, well, surely it's got to be better somewhere else because this is so stupid. And then you talk to somebody from Norway or Canada or anywhere else, and it's the same thing. Their government is stupid. Yeah, well, yeah definitely. Uh, there's, there's certain differences, I'd say, just in the way people's uh, perception of government mm-hmm. Canada opposed to here. I mean, there's a lot more people up there willing to uh, accept the idea that, you know, the state is there to help you and, you mm. know, to take care of your kids and to do this, that, and the other, right? I mean, with socialist health care, right? Yeah. It, it's, this is just my perception, and it could be totally wrong, but it seems the Canadian get- government is not as uh, directly aggressive towards their citizens? No, it's... Uh, I think it's just people don't... Yeah, like you either know or you don't know, that's yeah. it. And you most just people... Don't care. Most people are very indifferent. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Although uh, I understand there's a lot of aggression against the uh, certain native um, tribes. Yeah, yeah. It's very one of the, the it's an Indian Act, which is essentially like a, a race law. It's one of the few countries in the world that still has race laws. They're considered mm. like wards of the state. Yeah. Yeah. The reserves are just giant messes of. Mm. Social programs with uh, you know the chiefs taking big cuts. Yeah, and they just parade around like yeah, parade around like kings. It's funny because well, I should they say put on funny. a good show for the Olympics. That's for sure. <laughs> 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 um, you think of co- countries treating uh, you know certain segments of the population like that. You think of places like South Africa in the seventies and eighties and stuff, or you think of uh, like Cambodia or someplace like that. Uh, no, most people don't normally think of Canada as doing that kind of stuff, but they have been really brutal with some of those. There is lots and lots of government con- corruption. I would just say that they cover it up a lot better, and mm. they have put a nicer face on everything. And a lot of the media up there, too, is, has a lot of stake in the government. Mm. I mean, the, the CRTC, which is like the Canadian equivalent of the FCC, is 
pretty hardcore in their their regulations and you know most radio stations even are required to play certain amounts of Canadian content or risk having their license pulled whoa I I think I remember hearing something like that so so they basically uh, how ha, they count how many musicians and how many how many yeah, yeah, songs where, yeah they have a certain yeah, amount have more from Canada that, yeah. Yeah. yeah so there's a lot of crappy music on the radio I don't even turn on my radio plug in my iPod yeah that's what most people do now yeah. podcasts and everything else yeah. music. we were thinking about setting up a pirate radio yeah, we had we were going to do that. We had everything to do it with except one component, and without that one component, the rest of it is just electronics. It's worthless. Yeah, I find it pretty amazing how successful like all these podcasts and internet radio mm-hmm. are starting to become. You know, in contrast to the old, uh, yeah. the old regulated AM radio talk syndicate type stuff, right? I th- I thought an FM channel would do well here, though. Because the internet connection is so bad, yeah. Um, so I thought, well, people will be desperate if they know there's a radio station. Because I have like uh, I have about thirty. No, I have more than that. I probably have close to seventy-two hours of uh, recorded material that I could have put on a loop and just sat there and played. And I got you know, eighty oh, wow. gigs of uncensored music. Yeah. So you know, we yeah, could have basically just had the yeah. a radio station just go in with podcasts and music. And put it on shuffle and just let it, you know, yeah, bounce between them, and then interrupt it with live interviews and stuff, and that all got shot to pieces because I forgot one piece of the stuff, and it would have broadcast, you know, just oh, appeared. it would have hit pretty much everywhere. Yeah, oh, uh, really? so all, yeah, range. so all of these people could have picked it up, and then we were going to go around with my with my business cards with the radio station number on it, yeah, and pass it around, and um, tune into the station, and all that was fail, well, fail, maybe, fail, fail. Maybe next year. Yeah. Screw the FCC, right? <laughs> well, you know, they up here. They're they a federal uh, communications commission, right? Yeah. <laughs> they come by and give you a little ticket for for yeah, going but it's, on it, some band. We're going to be here temporary, and it's low low power, yeah. so you know, there's there's no way they would have a problem with it. So yeah, it really speaks to the relationship that they have with the government. Mm-hmm. Like most media organizations need to keep with the government just to keep the FCC or the CRTC happy, right? The mass yeah. media zombies, you know, yeah. Like, I mean, you think about it, guys like Howard Stern, who, mm. you know, he probably was making more money for every radio station he was ever at, but, I mean, he probably got fired a lot of times just because they were afraid to have their investment yeah. you know, lost from having their license pulled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's on XM now, right? Or yeah, yeah. Sirius and XM, they're yeah. together. And they're the same company now. It's Channel 101, I think, or 100. Cool. Never really messed around with satellite radio. It's pretty neat. It, satellite radio, I think, was an interesting thing that filled a niche that, that it, it was a void that happened, but I think it was very temporary. I don't really see in, uh, satellite radio lasting because it's, people like it because no commercials. Well, like yeah, and but no commercials. But the, no commercials. Yeah. Well, when, when it occurred, yeah, there was yeah. the only thing that you could do with your uh, with your car radio was either have radio or you know a CD or a cassette, or a cassette. Yeah. and and now you can take your smartphone. Right. 
plug it into your yeah. car and you can play internet radio. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, the, yeah, you know, yeah. there's no, there's no commercials. There's no. Same, you get yeah. to pick, and it's infinitely customizable. And you don't have to pay massive amounts of money well, every month to do satellite, satellite radio. Satellite radio has commercials too. Yeah. They just have a ten-minute skit of commercials only. So I think it got worse, if anything. Yeah. Because they still have to. Because they got more of, Put them on. more of an audio. Yeah. So exactly. I, I, I highly yeah, doubt that satellite radio is going to last much longer with, with Pandora and Spotify. Though, I mean. and yeah, that's true. But I mean, are still going to, you know, you're going to have just that old fashioned mindset like, I don't want to get an iPod and use that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. I find mm-hmm. it funny, though, that we're at a stage where satellite radio is what the old-fashioned people who don't want to adapt yeah. to technology <laughs> are doing. Keep in mind, there's still people that say, I don't want to listen to that kid's FM radio. I like my AM just fine. Yeah, yeah, AM yeah. band is a good band. Yeah. I mean, it's also it's, it's, it's a lot of talk. <laughs> it's nice to listen to sometimes. Uh, it's kind of, when you think about it, it's really shocking how far technology has leaped in one generation. Yeah. Some people miss that boat. Though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the legislation tries to catch up with it. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad doesn't know how to use a computer. Mm. Like, just, like, how do I do this? How do I do that? Mm. You just got to figure it out. Yeah? yeah. That's how you learn it. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to mess anything up. Although, I'll tell you. break it. <laughs> I, just, uh, I just spent three weeks in a complete information blackout. I had no internet, no cell phone coverage, no electricity, and it was the most liberating, freeing, relaxing thing ever. There's, like, a, there's a cake song about that. No yeah. Phone. yeah I don't have like, my phone on me. It's great. Yeah. It's not beeping and bugging me. Yeah. It's, it's, the battery's dead. I couldn't, the, the majority of the time, I didn't yeah. even know For what the time week. it was. Yeah. Mm. It was just, it was fabulous. Although yeah. we're going to have to follow those map quest instructions backwards to get back. Yeah. It's going to be 12 day. hours yeah. through Vermont alone. <laughs> <laughs> just don't get lost in New York. Man, New York. <laughs> Empire State will get you. Oh, yeah. I, we and don't say. look for gas in upstate New York at 3 o'clock in the morning. No, because all of them are I gotta yeah, say, we uh, up every time we saw one, this mm-hmm. we were driving through upstate New York, and uh, Harrison said to me, "He's like, is this an episode of The Walking Dead?" <laughs> <laughs> it was just, yeah, like a tornado just hit there. Yeah. yeah. Actually, we captured a bug from New York and brought them all in New Hampshire. Cool. <laughs> there we go. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, you, you better watch it. The environmentally, the EPA hey, is going to yeah. be on I you in a second. I saw a cockroach yeah. that I hadn't recognized. And I don't know if it's from oh, yeah, this area. Cockroaches, like really big ones too. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, some of them states, big those things yeah. thrive pretty much anywhere. Yeah. Well, I, I spent a month and a half in the Dominican Republic, and I swear they're big as your finger. Yeah, yeah. They like, you? They, oh yeah, they hiss and they that's fly right at you too. That's how it is in Texas. In Texas, they are huge. My like this, like this yeah, way. my husband and I walked home, and there was one sitting on our front door, just like chilling, waiting for us to get home. Hey, can I come in? Uh, <laughs> like I a scene out of Beetlejuice. Yeah. Uh, hey, how's we it going? We figured out how to get rid of them. Actually, <laughs> sugar cane. Oh yeah. Sugar yeah. cane. Sugar cane. They like the, I guess the, the taste of it or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They get right the hell out of the house. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Put it on the sorry the aloe vera leaves because hmm. they're a bunch in the bag, so we just push it up in the front, and they take off. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I prefer the super poison in the cupboards. <laughs> yeah, boric acid, good stuff. Yeah, we had a uh, we had a problem with snails and slugs in Texas, 
and and I got tired of walking downstairs and coming into the kitchen and just having snails and slugs everywhere. And so I got tired of it and I laid down a line of salt in front of the door. <laughs> it's just like no snail shell cross. Yeah. <laughs> and if you do that with uh, chalk, it works for ants. Um, yeah, or you just run your finger through it because they leave like a trail. Mm-hmm. If you run it through them, they'll go like this. They won't know to cross over that. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. Did you see the lady walking around here with the uh, um, uh, what's it called? Horn horn toad? Bearded, Bearded dragon. dragon. Bearded dragon. Oh, yeah. I had Those iguana cool. for years, and then it choked on a piece of food. Unfortunately. Oh yeah. Wow. How big was it? It was huge. Like the tail was at least two feet. Wow. How old was it? Um, six years. Six seven years. It grew fast. We, had to, we let it run around the house at some point, and it was afraid of the cat. We used to have the little desert iguanas. Yeah, in Southern California, they have a, a breed of iguanas that lives there. They're all they're vegetarian, and the, our biggest one was about that big. Oh, I, oh they can't hear me. They, they can't see, see your me. hands. Um, it was probably I'm going to say about 14 inches long with tail and everything. Yeah, and that's about as big as they get uh, out there. That's it's a really small yeah. kind. I don't know exactly what kind we had. Um, I can tell you it was green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> was it green iguana? Yeah, there you go. But uh, the tail was really long, and actually, when it whipped the cat the one time, the tail broke and it grew back. Wow! And apparently, it can break and grow two tails. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I was catching all those little lizards in Florida that do that. Yeah. Pop the tail right off. Mm -hmm. Geckos. Actually, Mm -hmm. Florida, the iguanas there are huge. Yeah, they are. Mm. Yeah, they are, man. And you are not allowed to hunt them and eat them. I stayed. uh, (laughs) Keep that in mind. I Just saying. While with so a, don't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> I stayed for a little while with an aunt and uncle in uh, Boca Raton. Mm. Oh. It's a really nice place. Is it a renaissance fair right outside there? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. The, the canals there is like every kid. You don't want to walk near any of the canals. Like mm. There's just gators everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like snakes. I, uh, I did a renaissance fair in Deerfield Beach. And where we were set up with our camping was right next to... A, is there you know. some, there's got to be I kept thinking to myself there's got to be some sort of regulation that makes it so you can't move these <laughs> gators away from the city or something right <laughs> it's like they have to be eating children <laughs> dogs it helps the environment <laughs> have you guys got to hear any of the uh, any of the what do they call them events lectures they call them? yeah lectures yeah oh yeah we could go and yeah, yeah, oh we've been yeah sitting what time is <laughs> we sat down and, and got carried away. Twelve thirteen. That's that's not bad. Oh, something was happening at twelve. Yeah, yeah. you guys yeah, had your was, event, uh, we had our and I was gonna go listen to the Bitcoin one. Mm. There's a Bitcoin, but event. I don't think I'm awake enough to listen to somebody talk about alternative currencies. <laughs> no, we we had an idea there. for that's an alternative true. currency. Yeah. There's a guy here, uh, Dave Thunder Dave, who's got these sandwiches. And he's got <laughs> he's got a pork and a beef one. So we were saying you don't need a pork standard. Yeah. We could walk around with these and trade them for different things. <laughs> Yeah, two sandwiches. sandwiches for a t-shirt. That's cool. They're just that good. (laughs) (laughs) Now, where where is he at? Which group is he at? Um, He's just up the up the top of the road here. All the flags. flags. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Making the Louisiana Cajun cooking. Wow! I got an ad from them. 
actually. Yeah. Mm. There's spicy. another guy down here cooking Cajun food too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. a couple of Cajun cooks. There's, cool. There's the one that they, the one that they gave me the flyer for, I was very upset because they didn't have red beans and rice and they didn't have jambalaya. What? I was like, well, it's, it's not Cajun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Food if you don't have red beans and rice or jambalaya. Well, there's going to be a cook-off apparently. Oh yeah. Well, oh, Dave's going to have a red beans and rice. Oh, in there. Yeah. Mm. I like red beans and rice. Oh yeah. I know. I know. All my paleo friends are cringing, but. <laughs> Life is not worth living without red beans and rice occasionally. <laughs> no, Nikki. No, Nikki. All food. Smallest dog always makes the loudest noise. Yeah. That dog would not even notice if it had you stuck in its teeth. <laughs> yeah. You can do that. You can really take out that pit bull. dog done days. <laughs> it's a beautiful pet. Is it that big German Shepherd? No, it's the black dog. It's oh. the, uh, Labrador or something? I don't know. It's got webbed feet. That's all I know. Oh, okay. There's a couple of really nice-looking German Shepherds around here, but there's one that's just huge. There's a German Shepherd puppy. I think we've seen that, actually. Yeah, she's yeah, right oh, it's a really, it's a really German big puppy. German Shepherd. So do you guys live right in New Hampshire? No, we're in uh, Western Ohio, between Cincinnati and Dayton. We uh, we just came here for all this nonsense. No, not nonsense. Fun. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> Excitement, entertainment, yeah. mm-hmm. liberty, activism. Getting one with nature. <laughs> yeah, becoming one because it's attaching and trying to suck our blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to watch the mosquitoes. They get. Oh yeah, we were talking about that earlier yeah. with all the. Alcohol content in so many bloodstreams around here, and the mosquitoes are biting so many people. By like three o'clock in the morning, they're flying around. Like, Dude, <laughs> what was I doing? Yeah. 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 <laughs> they're yeah. flying and bump, bump, bump. <laughs> yeah, so they'll be There's asleep the until four this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. mosquitoes are waking up. They're like holding their little heads. Going, oh man, what did I drink? <laughs> I think somebody laced my blood last night. <laughs> Human was not. Or <laughs> something weird in that hippie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they don't do urine test at work this week. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, mosquitoes go to work. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, is there a lot of like is is. Is the Liberty Movement big in Canada? Is there uh, a lot of them? Or? It's selective. It's growing around the Toronto. I mean, there's a, a guy, Redmond Weissenberger, who just started a Mises Institute in okay. Toronto. Really? Cool. Yeah, so there's actually, it, it's kind of growing. There's a, There's been a lot of, uh, you know, meetup events and stuff like that, even just, hmm. you know, they're growing over she the wasn't last there one down uh, at the pub? Years. Yeah, yeah, in... Uh, there's uh, a Mises meetup every month now, and I think they're starting to first offer Friday accredited of the month, courses. It is. Nice. Oh, I'm going to plug him here at Mises.ca. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Good job. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, and he's got a podcast, too, now that's really good. It's really? Austrian AV Club. Yeah? Yeah. So what check that out. into the Liberty uh, I kind of dragged him into it. But yeah, <laughs> I sort of came along. I just keep an open mind to most things, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh... 
you know I like to hear other, other people's thoughts and, and what they believe and what inspires them like you guys talked about earlier about politics one thing I wanted to say is I noticed that a lot more of the Americans are involved mm. in politics and just seems like you guys are a lot more aware of most things mm. we try you go to, to Canada it just I don't know from what I've seen a lot of people just are focused on watching TV mm. and going to work and coming home and relaxing well being interested in yeah. politics in Canada is like you have to also be interested in drag drag queens as well yeah like it's yeah. a lot of men in dresses and yeah. <laughs> 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 fluffy wigs yeah it's quite yeah. boring there's a lot of this old uh, ceremony and you know the parliamentary uh, stuff yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's it's boring <laughs> you guys seem definitely a lot more aware that's for sure well I, and, and friendly especially here too they everybody here yeah. is amazing. It's, it's, quite it's so it's so refreshing in Canada. You, you walk down the street, not many people say hi, but everybody here most says hi. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's interesting because I have I have had experiences in New England that were centered around the Massachusetts, Rhode Island area, Boston, yeah. and um, they were not necessarily super friendly people. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> We're, our our listenership in Boston is plummeting right now. Right. <laughs> well, you know, it's not that they weren't friendly. It's just in that they were. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just that they were a little bit standoffish. Yeah. But up here in northern New England, they seem very friendly, and and it actually doesn't seem as expensive here as it did down in southern New England. Southern New England is ridiculously expensive. Yeah. For tall boys in Canada, it's like fourteen. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Actually it's just a, it's a six pack there again. Like we're getting six cans tall boys for six bucks or like five fifty. Cans. Yeah. Oh, okay. And in Canada, it's like fourteen dollars. Like three, four dollars a can. So if you want Jeez. an import or something, if it's like unhealthy that. for you, you have to tax yeah. it three or four <laughs> more times. Ironically, the uh, the in Ontario, the LCBO, which is the the like the provincial uh, liquor distributor, mm-hmm. they. Uh, the reason, like, the rationale the government came up with for why they needed to monopolize the liquor industry was so that they could eliminate ads and uh, <laughs> lower alcoholism, right? But what it, you, can't, you can't turn on the radio for five minutes around the, the back home and not hear, like, 30 ads oh, for yeah. the LCBO. And yeah, now you, you, yeah, now you should it. come in and just buy it. <laughs> Oh yeah, you should see the booze hounds at ten o'clock in the morning when it wakes up outside LCBO. And the hours are very restrictive. Oh really? Yeah, because it's one of the only places you can get it. Wow, and it's not like you can brew it at home, right? A lot of places, Hmm. a lot of places are closed on Sundays too. Yeah, (laughs) late on Saturdays. Sounds like the old Soviet Union waiting for toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. Except Canada, they're waiting for beer. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they just they just changed our money to plastic. So, like, oh, yeah. oh, I heard about that. Sticks yeah. together. They stick together. I've given away a, a, a fifty. I wish I already. had one. Wow. Actually. Yeah. I wish I had. Actually, uh, I've been making the joke that uh, you know, if uh, if inflation keeps going, right, pretty soon we won't even be able to wipe our ass with it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's plastic. Because it's plastic. Yeah. Well, German marks they used to use they used to burn and they used to try yeah. to run cars off of it. Yeah, a and they, to look at they it. would insulate their walls with it. Yeah, that's all. The I money got, that's got not the plastic one, but the money got so devalued wow. that they would oh. insulate their walls with it. Oh, and it has the little uh, uh, the thing for blind people. I can't remember what it's called. Braille. Braille. Yeah. No, wow. that's really that's cool. Does it have nice. a watermark on it? Uh, uh, Hold it up to the sun too. Mm-hmm. You can see right through a bunch of pictures. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's very. Uh, 
intricate. Shiny. Yeah, this one's just. Yeah. That's just Stupid a one dollar bill. dollar bill. That's all it is. <laughs> Our hundreds aren't even. Oh, and uh, they thing. actually just started making. We have one dollar and two dollar coins. Yeah, oh yeah. The big scandal this year is that the government just started making them out of steel. <laughs> this year, so 2012, the new 2012 loonies and toonies are made out of uh, steel, completely made out of steel, and some vending machines now won't accept. Yeah, because it's not because it thinks it's a slug. Yeah, because right, yeah. it thinks it's fake. Because it is. Yeah, it's a slug. That's funny. Uh. Okay, well, that was uh, as I said. The first half of that was the the. Uh, interview with Eddie Free, and the second half was just a lot of fun around the campfire with some of the folks that that uh, came around. We didn't, I say campfire, we didn't actually have a campfire going at that moment, that was during the daytime, so that uh, I didn't mean to be deceptive with that, but sort of a, it, just a catchphrase to say around the campfire. We do have some more uh, recordings of uh, just the activity there around Port Fest 2012, and we'll be uh, releasing those a little at a time. Plus, I have a couple more interviews uh, that, that will be added as well. So, thank you very much for listening. And for more on liberty, the zero aggression principle, and property rights, go to badquaker.com. Thanks a lot. Bye.